Did you ever think you were made it? I feel I'm so close I could take sweet victory. I know this life meant for me. Yeah, why would you bet on Goliath when we got bet David? Value taming, giving values contagious. This world of entrepreneurs, we get no value to hate it. Now they run, homie, look what I become. I'm the, I'm the one. This is Patrick Bidev, your host of Value Team, and today I have guests with me, Fab Morvan from Millie Vanilli. Yes, blame it on the rain, Millie Vanilli, to tell us the untold stories of what really happened behind closed doors. Fab, thanks for coming out. Pleasure to meet you, and I'm glad to be here. So I, I got to tell you the story. So for me, uh, I get, you know, Millie Vanilli, when the first time when the whole uh, scandal took place and yeah. it came out, a lot of people didn't want to listen to the music. It was kind of like, don't play it in the car anymore. Right. But for me, I couldn't stop playing it because it was so ridiculously uh, uh, good. I mean, you can't even stop listening to it. To the point where my wife and I got married, June 26th of 09, we gave everybody a CD. Everybody that came to our wedding, we gave a CD with 12 songs. That's One cool. of the songs was Girl, You Know It's True. Oh, yeah. Okay, so uh, we got a lot to cover here today. Again, I'm, I'm glad you were able to make it out here. So. How's life today? Well, you know, I know typically you go backwards, start from the beginning to now, but tell me what's life like for you today? What is life like for me today? It's all about my legacy. Every decision I make is about my legacy because I want to leave something behind. You know, we're not here forever, but whatever you, live, you leave behind can be forever and also can be used forever. So um, as I walk through my book of life, because, mm -hmm. you know, we all have uh, a library. You know, life is like to me like this library right mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. And each book is a part of that journey. Life is the library. And in each books, you know, we go through struggles. And maybe the book after, the Inside 2020, we learn from a previous book. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then the next book after that, or chapter, becomes really, really, really interesting because of the fact that now, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. What you learn from makes you better, faster, stronger. So that's a great uh, uh, way to go right into one of the first chapters before today's chapter because yeah. sometimes in life, some chapters are the most painful one and some of them are the most rewarding one. Let's, let's talk about the chapter before it became the absolute rewarding, everything was going good for you. Who was, if you and I were in high school together, you know, and we're in school, I'm talking 16 years old, 17 years old, right. who was Fab? Fab was, uh, you know, introverted. Introverted. In introverted into art. I grew up in France, Paris, so you know, you have this beautiful city and then in school, you know, we, you know, they, they take you to museums, mm -hmm. you know, so they connect you to art and um, traveling was really something that interests me. Music was, was my lifeline. Even at that, at what age did music become your lifeline? As long as I can remember. It's been, it's been part of, part of me, like Bob Marley and because the weather was so, ugly in Paris so going out because you know the weather has changed mm -hmm. the weather is is not what it used to be and growing up in Paris winters were hard long 
summer where you know I would go to the Caribbean see my family, but it was a harsh environment. So staying home, music was the lifeline. Were you playing? Were you listening? What? What? Listening. Okay. I, it was like the escape. You know, it took me somewhere else, and and I realized that it took me somewhere else. And then after a while, I was like, you know, I should definitely find out what they're talking about because I'm a French guy, so. I had to take a, diction, a dictionary, and back then records had line of notes and who recorded what, who sang what. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that really became like a really interesting part of like my life, finding out who did what. And then when you look on one record, and you look at another record, then you see that oh, there's the same players who played on that record and on that record. You're paying attention to the details. Of yeah, that to the time. details. I'm very detailed. And that's a time where there is no YouTube. There is no Wikipedia. No. There is no Google. There's nothing. So you have to do all this research for you. You have to. So where are you getting your info? Are you just going to the record store? And Go to the record store. Okay, got it. You know, and then you, you read the back. You know, and before there was all that information that was there for you to see. You know, but there was part par accident because I was looking for the lyrics. But then you look at the lyrics and then later on in the booklet, then you fell upon who played what. So then once I'm past the lyrics, then I go check the, you know, who did what. Mm. And there was uh, an alumni of studio musicians at the time, especially the records that I grew up with, you know, from like the 70s to the 80s, all those, it was the killers. Who? Name some of them. Oh, not, oh I can't remember now. In it France, came. like artists from No, France no, no, they were American artists. American artists. You know, like, I was listening to American music. So are you talking about, like, some of the music that we're talking about? Or you're talking about, like, even, like, animals? You're talking about uh, oldies, 60s No, no, music? no, I'm are talking you? about when I got into the the, the Jackson 5 and the Michael Jackson. Got and, it. And, and the Earth, Wind, and Fire and, and the James Brown and then the funk, like, the, the cool in the gang mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and oh and the Stevie Wonders and um, Aretha Franklin and and all that you know I realized that there was it was like a pyramid there was the artist and then there was like a whole story behind it yeah there was a whole team of people like I was like wow why were you curious about that at that age though that was just an accident oh that was accident yeah because I was looking at the lyrics got it and then from lyrics you look in the booklet and then mm-hmm. there's like you know keyboard by Written by, guitar produced by, guitar, produced by played by. Got and then I was like, oh, was that? I had to go to the dictionary, produced by. <laughs> you know what that meant. Mm-hmm. So that's when I realized that, you know, when, you, when the record was made, you know, it, it looked like it was flat, but no, it was like a full city of things, you know, and then distributed by. As well. Interesting. So, 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 from uh, at this point, are you singing? Are you modeling in high school? Are you de- doing anything that has to do with entertainment in high school? I, I was, I was uh, at the beginning. You know, when you start singing, when you're a singer, you, you try to, you try to grab on to what you're listening to, and you know, from not being able to speak English, you just sing. You know, you just sing, 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 sing. But you don't necessarily sing in key, or you might not know the right words. Are you playing musical instruments? Are you organizing? I came from part a family. I came from a family of musicians. My grandfather was an accordionist player. Got it. So that's why I got into like you know, and I've told that story. Like I watched him play his instrument with a band, and I watched my parents transform into like children, 
And to me, they were always like the father figure, you know, the mother, the mm-hmm, father, mm-hmm. always strict, you know, on us. And then I noticed that that element, music, when it came around people and people were drinking, and but the music had this power, like almost like magic. So when you brought that magic, you become you became the magician. And when you brought was, the magic, you became the magician. Yeah. And, and you like that. Yeah. The, for me, it was like, wow, this interesting. And people became happy. Like, you know, I don't know what, what opera with the, the flute, the ancient flute, and he plays, and everywhere he goes, people are smiling and happy. And that's what it was for me, you know, instant joy. Caught your attention. Yeah. Huh. And I was like, hmm, that would be cool. And my mom was like, no. <laughs> She didn't want you to be a part of it at all. No. Now, are you are you at this point uh, partying a lot with girls? Are you partying? Are you playing sport? Are you doing any of that stuff or not yet? Uh, yeah, I was, I was doing uh, trampoline. I was doing trampoline. I was doing sports, soccer, and all that. And um, Are you the guy in high school that's got all the girls or not yet? No. Not, not yet. yet no. Hasn't happened yet. No, I mean, I was more of a bookworm. <clears throat> okay. I, archaeology. You were know, a was, bookworm. Yeah, I was into ar- music. That is yeah. such an interesting combination. Archaeology was my thing, like the Incas, their calendar. That was for me like, whoa, like they created a different, you know? Like, Are you a math guy or no? I was a math guy, but the math teacher was me. I, I'm with you. So I think that I would have gone towards like science, but because math guy was so mean and I think he was older and he was not, and there was a change in education that was mm-hmm. taking place. People, it was, they were teaching differently, but that guy was from the old school. That so, you, you see that a lot, you know, somebody who's actually good in math, but the teacher makes the kid not like math. And you see that with a lot of different subjects, by the way. So, okay, so now you're in high school, you're kind of getting your feet wet, you're liking music, your grandpa played, uh, you know, some instruments. And you're seeing uh, uh, parents get happy. They become like childlike when they listen to music and they're being entertained. It's almost like magic for you. Wh- where does that go to you meeting uh, Rob? Wh- where does that uh, connection be- between you and Rob happen? Meeting Rob, well, I uh, I was tired of being in Paris. You know, I, was, I thought that there was something more. I thought that life was just, I believe there was more. And traveling would, would provide me with that adventure. So I went with some friends to Germany and uh, landed there, and and we met. You met Rob in Germany. Yeah, I met Rob in Germany, and um, there were not many during that time. There were not many dark-skinned people in Germany, in Munich. Okay, especially in Munich. This is where we went, mm-hmm. and uh, it was we were like adversary. I was on his turf. I was new to the city, and he was wondering who's that guy. You know, and I was wondering who's that guy, and then we're going out with the same girls, hearing from each other. So we're definitely like around each other's turf now. And I was looking to join forces with someone because I was in a new city. I didn't speak German, even though I studied German in school for two years, and um, kept going to the library to keep my skills up. You know, because I had to get better. You know, in order to understand what they were saying, but I kept that to myself. And um, but I and so when Rob and I met, there was certain camaraderie you between know. you and Rob. Yeah, there was certain like 
tongue-in-cheek, like competitive. And I thought, oh, that's kind of cool. You know, I, 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 I saw through or read through the lines. And I thought maybe be cool to hang in, in, because I was looking for, for friendship. Was, was he opposite personality of you? Like yeah. He is. Yeah. Because you're very calm. You come across very calm, yeah. chill, easy going. And was he more the, you know, hothead a little bit, feisty? Yeah, he, he was two years older, too. Almost like an older brother. Yeah, he was an older brother. Got it. You know, and, uh, but we had that yin and yang vibe, you know, and again, music was what we loved. So, so music brought the two of you guys together. Yeah. Now, what was the connection when you guys kind of came together? What, what was the story? Do you remember the first time where you guys are like, hey, man, you know, I saw, we got to know him? Yeah, yeah. I, I saw him uh, break dance on stage at a, at a party, and uh, he was really good. Like, I was like, man, that dude is like... And I met him, I met him like a few days before, and then... Um, there was a girl at the dance school, and this girl was like, oh, there's a party, you should go. I was like, hey, cool. And I saw him at that, at that place, and then I saw him there as well. So it was like in a few, in the amount of a couple of days, you know, I, I ran into him. And he was on stage, and he was doing his thing, and as he was done with his uh, routine, he looked at me like, you know, like, uh, because he was a breakdancer, so he was, you know, the stare. You know, he gave me the stare. I was like, all right, what do you want? <laughs> <laughs> you told them that? <laughs> no, nobody was like, I was, what? What is he doing? You know, yeah. I was thinking. But, you know, I was like, it's, it's cool. It's cool. I d we didn't know who we were to each other yet. You know, but I, I felt like there was a certain connection. Mm. He was cool. And he was very good at what he did. And, and so what happened next? Did he approach you? Did you go to him? And no, no, no. Did a girl was, make you guys come it, together? It happened organically. You know, we just ran into each other from time to time. You know, and uh, he would call me, uh, hey, star. I was like, okay, star. You know, and then I would, next time we'd say, hey, star. And inch, inch by inch, we got closer to each other by just this competitive and you know, thing. But he was a loner, just like I was. Because he, he was, was always, yeah, he was always alone. I was always alone. So that's why I questioned, I was like, that's weird because he's always alone, I'm always alone. So maybe together, you know, we can be stronger together. At that time, I didn't know that he was into music as much as I was, you know, but when we, get, we got together, then we realized that Maybe you should, we should do something together about music because one of the first time we talked together, we, we talk about music, what, you, what mm. we liked, and, and Rob played guitar and um, played a few blues chords as well, you know. So at some point we started experimenting with, with like, okay, he plays guitar, we played, we wrote some songs, and it was an organic process. Organic process, yeah, that's, that's uh, and, and by the way, were you two in Munich uh, the only two, like, uh, you know, uh, 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 blacks that you knew in Munich at the time? Like, was it because I remember, here's what I remember. I went into the army. I went to Fort Campbell, Kentucky. It was only me and another guy who was from the Middle East. Okay. 
So when you spot another Middle Eastern and you're Middle Eastern, guess what? You're going right. to become best friend. We yeah. become best friend because we got something in common. That's right, that's right. That's Everybody right. would look at us saying, yeah. why are these guys from Iran in the U.S. Army? This is very weird. So we had immediately a lot in common. The bond. Was that the bond for the two of you? Yeah, it was okay. that. It definitely, because especially the places where we were hanging out, where we hung out, I mean, there was none. None at the none at no. the time. No, and okay. if you know if you know Germany a little bit about Germany, I lived there for two years. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. Bavaria is is the most cons- one of the most conservative area in Germany. So that that yeah, you 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 depicted well, you know, yeah, because of that bond, there was no one that was looking like us. Now, was there a lot of military bases already? Because I know Rob's dad was uh, from the Air Force. Yeah, right? there was a lot of bases during that time. Okay, yeah, yeah, so because a lot of soldiers in the army always wanted to go to Germany. Because when you went to Germany, Germany was known for partying. It was a place to go. <laughs> and, and German women were all into partying and, you know, at the time. So when it came down to orders, every soldier would have a list. So where would you like to go? You want to go to Camp Casey, Korea? No. You want to go to Okinawa, Japan? Maybe. Do you want to go to over here? I want to go to Germany. Germany. Okay? And, uh, and even for me, I lived there from 10 to 12. I gotta tell you, I got nothing but good memories when I was in Germany. For a young boy, early age, I right. you know, I was having fun at a very young good age time. in Germany. Good time, yeah. So you're meeting Rob, you guys are you know going out together now. At this point, you're experimenting, he's playing the guitar, you're trying some music together. How does that lead to you now <coughs> meeting Frank? How does that introduction take place? Well, because you know, we're trying to do our thing in the city of Munich and we were connected to some city musicians, which we were playing soccer with during the summer okay and uh you know people started to you know and we did a few gigs at uh, a club called Pines, and then from there people started to mention our names you know and that was what we were trying to do we we're trying to create a wave of awareness about all those guys and we're always at Pines, you know putting the vibes in the club so to make sure that everyone knew that we do exist and um could possibly lead to connecting to the right people because this club was was full of influential people you know it was entertainment it was finance it was it was all kinds of worlds merging together is it a big club no it was a small club okay but the crowd was was a lot of wealthy okay and rich yeah you know you had uh, what's the name of the club p eins P, eins, like one. Yeah, yeah. Eins. P letter, like Peter. Yeah. And one, eins. And that w- that club was uh, inside Haus der Kunst. Haus der Kunst is, um, was a museum. The and club he, is in a museum? Yeah, the club is in a museum. Was but it because a sick club? Was it like a legit club? Was it a, you know, a happening place to go to? Oh, it was a happening place. Okay. So how big? 500 Very people? Very difficult. Like, no, you could only fit, I think, 400 or something. 400. So it's not a big club. It's a decent-sized club. It's decent-sized, but small and cramped, but it was influential. The right people. I mean, there. I've seen there, I've seen Bono there. I, I saw Whitney Houston perform there when one of the records like I mean I saw and met so many people there that I met after the fact who said you guys were you in that club too funny I, I met uh, Charlie Wilson there too you know I met so many artists who remembered us mm. because we used to bring the vibe mm-hmm. we made sure like people were dancing and that was just like uh, instinct 
you know, if I could say it like that, instinct, make people dance, like push the vibe. Yes, we wanted to connect with people, but the music had such a powerful effect on our soul. Were you performing or no? Were you guys singing yet or not No, yet? no, no, no. You haven't performed yet? No, no, no. So what was the first time you guys did a, the perform together on stage? Uh, it was in Pianci, that club. Oh, so you did band. end up performing yeah, 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 yeah. We did, we did. And we what did. song was it? Oh, it was some Beatles song, some soul song. Uh, what was that one again? I buy you a diamond ring, my friend. I forgot the name of that one. You know, Beatles songs and... And others, I can't remember right now, you know. But it was, uh, we felt that we were born to do this. And there was that camaraderie of being able to be in a place and just take over. So when it came time to end up on stage, you know, that, that natural chemistry that we have and sparkle that mm -hmm. we would like, you know, two energies coming together, pa-pow, then it was like, Action, reaction, and then Back and the forth. circle yeah. between the audience. And so we had that thing packed down because we had been performing together on stage, doing some small shows and... Singing? No, we had done, we, we came from like a dancing, we're doing oh, dancing okay. shows. And then from there, what we had learned as performers like this, mm -hmm. then with, with the singing and being, came together. You know? Got it. So you guys were natural performers. That's natural. the one part. You're yeah. natural performers. And and trying to get the right, because, you know, like I said, from a young age, I've learned that there's a pyramid. You know, you had the, the singer in the front, but you had the songwriters. Mm. And you got the producers. And that was, we were after that. We so when did you meet Frank? Whew. Not good with dates. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you meet him at the PI? No, 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 no. But through through our work, yeah, you know, through creating this wave of awareness, that's how we got connected to some of the people who worked with him, and then then we were brought up, and then after the connection was made, and then we ended up, you know, at his at his studio. What, do you, so is this like eighty seven, eighty six? Yeah, yeah, eighty seven, eighty. 8788. Yeah, 8788, yeah. Got it. 8788. My, 87, my so manager Kumaro is much better with, with those dates. Who is? My manager. Your manager is better with the dates. Yeah, much so better. So let's just say in the late 80s, you end up you ended yeah. up meeting him. Mid to late 80s, you end up meeting Frank. First time you meet Frank, was it in Germany or you met him? It in was the, in Germany. In Germany. Yeah, this in compound. Munich. No, no, Frankfurt. In Frankfurt. Yeah. So you meet Frank the first time uh, in Frankfurt. How was that, the first introduction you had to him? I mean, you know, you walk in, in, in this man's studio, it was nothing but like gold records on the, f on, on the walls. And, uh, you know, he had four studios filled with like SSL, Neve consoles, consoles. And those were back then super expensive. Mm. So each room was filled with rat, like, you know, like people make music on a computer today, but like the wall behind you was filled with rack mounts. Like from like this and like this, and then the so this is the back, and then where this is the console. The speakers are here. The cons the cons the console with like maybe ninety tracks on there, and the walls are full. So when you come in this room, you can feel it soundproof. So when you enter the room, you feel like of course a lot of electricity in the room, but it's 
It's like you come in, you, you can feel like silence. Before music plays, you can feel like, wow, what is that? Like that's a spaceship that's like, you're about to fly in this. And everything looks very futuristic, so very attractive. Very interesting. And he had yeah. four of those. He had four of those. And this is in the late 80s. So he spent some money on that. Oh, because he made a lot of money. So at that time, did you know who he was? Like, did you know he was? Uh, no, I didn't he know had the names that he had. The I didn't know he was the man behind Bonéem because me, me, I was a French kid who grew up on lots of music, and and I knew Bonéem. You knew Bonéem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you listened to their music. Yeah. Okay. That was not my favorite, but I grew up on it, and I knew it because we had parties. You know, young kids go to parties, and those songs were always played. Always. They were played in my house every day. I mean, I know those four main songs we were talking about. Uh, uh, Daddy Cool, Sunny, and uh, Ma Baker, Baker. Is it? and then uh, Rus- Rasputin. Rasputin, yeah. That's right. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, so, so you knew he represented them. At that time, was he with No, me? I didn't know. Oh, you did not know yet. I had no yet. idea. Okay, I got so, so you. So Rob, Rob told them. me like, yo, you know, you know, this guy did. I was like, oh, really? I was like, wow. So then my eyes were like, woo, really? We're going to meet that guy? I was like, okay, cool, you know. I didn't know about the controversy behind it because that had come out as well. And so, and it, so you didn't know that that was a play that he followed in the past before? No idea. At all? <laughs> no. Because that no was very idea. successful. Super successful. I think 120 million records. Yeah, I mean, till today, most people don't even know that. Even till today, people don't know I that. Know. Because, you know, the, you, you know, you came at an era where news popped out very quickly when somebody was, you know, became famous quickly. You can rise and you can fall very quickly, but the, the era of Boney M, when they were doing it, things could kind of just slide with a couple sure. different things. So, so, okay, so you're sitting with them. What was your impression, you know, when, when you first came in? Did he give you more attention? Was he talking to Rob more? No, uh, was he giving no, no. both of you respect? He was, uh, he's a very smart man. So he was trying to understand the dynamics between Rob and I. And maybe possibly already because you know, because he's a smart man, and because he the way he constructed his business, because there's a business of the of the music business. Inside 2020, when I analyze him now and seeing what he had in his compound, like four rooms filled with people, they were not empty. There were people, teams working mm-hmm. in there. Mm-hmm. So he built this whole thing. So when it comes to planning. And orchestrating, I, mean, I'm, I was sitting across a maestro, not understanding that at all. I was a naive kid. I saw this man, a father figure, that we trusted automatically because of the fact that look what he built. I mean, obviously, he is the owner of this thing. In front of the house is a, a M1, a Beamer that is very rare. So that costs a lot of money too. So this guy, you know, in our eyes, he's the man. In your eyes, he's the man. So you're never, you know, as a reflex, you know, you're not going to bite the hand that wants to feed you. Mm-hmm. So you play like, hey, whatever, let me know how high. Is he charming? Is he charming? Is he charismatic or no? He's more subtle, quiet. Yeah. Is he loud? What's his approach with you? It was just calm, you know? Like he appeared to be nice, like like uh, 
like father figure, mm. you know? And, uh, but it was busy, you know? So he came in, we met, we were introduced to somebody else who talked with us later. The encounter was short because he was busy. First encounter was short. Well, it was not that long. 30 minutes, 20 minutes? I can't remember right now. Because I, you know, the, I didn't speak German very well. So Rob did. Yeah, so Rob mostly and he didn't speak English very much. And um, so I can't remember how long it was. But I'm just curious to know, like, when the first time you met him, was it uh, uh, getting to know you? Was it straight going into business with him? No, no, no. Because what they were, they just wanted to meet us. Okay. And that's Got the first, it. So that's they, the first intro. Yeah, they just wanted to meet us and, and fill it out. What happens know? after that? Well, we went, we went back to, to, to Munich, you know, and um, we got back. They got back in touch with us and said, yeah, we're going to come together. It was like, okay, cool. You know, and then time went by, time went by. And we never heard from them, you know, and we were wondering, like, oh, what's going on? What's going on? But I think that in the meantime, Frank had implemented something into motion. You know, he found those two guys that he was only interested in for one reason. Their voice? No, no, no. He was not interested in our voices. No, no. You said two guys. Are you talking about Charles or are you talking about you and Rob? Rob and I. Okay, got it. You know, hindsight 2020. Because I don't know what was going on in his mind. I have no idea to this day. But when I put the puzzle back together and hear from others, I think that he found... One of the main piece of this puzzle, and then from there, just like building a pyramid, he started building. He built it, you know, music. And then uh, when it was time for us to come to the studio, he had this track, going all through with our vocals, which we thought like, okay, it's time to shine. But the time to shine never came really. We were never asked to show what we had. Never. So you've never performed in front of him? He never asked. And we were like, okay, when is he going to, you know, when is he going to ask us, you know? Because we, we thought that we were going to come to the studio and then suddenly there was a track. Mm. There was no vocals on there. And I said it before, if I would have known how uh, a console worked, I would have seen that there were mute buttons. <laughs> Because, you know, when back then, the way they, they, there was a tape along the console, and there you, you have, like, guitar, bass, keys, vocals, lead vocals, backgrounds, harmonies. Everything is written, handwritten, you know? If I would have known about this process well, I would have known that there was, there was something about this that was muted, you know, so... In this room, you know, we were like, wow, look at the studio and hearing the instrumental being played. I mean, we saw ourselves on stage. You saw yourself on stage? Yeah, we said, wow, this is a great track. We, we could do this. Like it was First time you heard Girl, You Know It's True. Yeah. And so this is, being, this is not the original, obviously, Girl, You Know It's True that didn't do that well. Because I think there was another person that Yeah, New Marks. New Marks. Yeah, yeah New yeah. Marks did. And I didn't know about New Marks. You, at that point, either. you have no idea who New Marks is. You don't know Girl, You Know It's True. No. And, and it didn't but I just heard it was instrumental. Right. I didn't hear it. It was just the music. He played as the music. 
That's all you've heard. Yeah. Okay, so so you're sitting there, you're first listening to the instrumental. You haven't heard the the voice yet. No. When has the voice been introduced to you? Oh, that came later. So from there, because I've told the story, right? From this this room that was in Francais, in French, we say, tout était ensoleillé, meaning everything was like sunny and happy and, you know, wow. Everything is green, palm trees. If I can describe it like that. You know, like if you, if you speed up an image of trees and flowers growing, the jungle, like something positive is happening. And then from that room, we went to another room. And in that room, there was like a dark cloud that came. And it started raining and pouring and storm came in. You felt it immediately? Yeah, it was weird. It was like from one happy and then even his face because I've always, because I didn't speak English, uh, German very well or English. I relied on body language, which I, in the library, I kind of, kind of looked into that. So I could analyze people from the way they, they would behave. And it was a drastic, like, he was different, he was different. In the other room? Yeah. So you go in the other room, what does he say to you? Oh, he talks to, 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 to Rob in German. And then I can see, I know Rob, I can see him just fuming, like getting mad. And I was like, whoa, how can that be, how can it be not good? It was all good, and now it's all bad, it feels like. So I'm, I'm impatient. I want to find out what's going on, you know. And um, they get into it. And then sparkles fly. Frank leaves. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that can't be good. You mean sparkles fly, like Rob and Frank get into yeah, it? Yeah, oh, okay. yeah. They start screaming and, and all, you know. Rob is not happy. And I'm not getting it, you know. Because they, they, they were speaking fast. Frank leaves and then Rob turns to me and tells me that, and I can't really recall, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but pretty much he tried to explain to me that they don't want us to sing on this. And I'm like dumbfounded. I'm trying to understand, like, I don't get it. In the meantime, before, before all that, we had signed a contract, a recording contract, and received a little bit of advance. But we, we, you know, we, when we signed those papers, there was no attorneys, there was no managers, there was no support system. Nothing. We were just like eager beaver. Where? How high should I jump? Got it. This is when he got $1,500. That's right. Is it $1,500 a piece or $1,500 total? I can't recall. Uh, maybe a piece. You okay. Know, so Nothing so crazy. Nothing no, crazy. No, Just nothing crazy. Just enough to maybe like get a... Just enough to go get some clothes, work on that hair, you know, because we had braids. Did he suggest you go work on the hair? He no, 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 no. That was so all. the hair is all you and Rob. Yeah. Okay, you thought about that yeah, because everybody wanted to have a unique look, so you wanted to have a unique look. So that's right. That's okay. right. That's right. Got it. So and then he comes. You talk. Rob is furious. Him and Frank go at it. And then at what point? So he's already told them what he has in mind. Here's a song. I'm going to get the voice. You guys will be the performers. You'll be the face. But someone's going to be that's singing. Right. Yeah. So he told that to Rob. 
yeah in, in a sh- not paraphrasing all, paraphrasing okay. but he just told him listen you guys be the face <laughs> that's it yeah you know that's that's it and and that's why we were like Man, that makes no sense so we came we signed a contract we got some money but through the months of absence of their absence to us and contact we ran out of money so hey can we get some more you know oh, oh so yeah. rob said no we're not gonna do it is what i'm assuming yeah so when, okay so rob is saying we're not doing this yeah yeah, yeah. then you're running out of money then you reach out and no no, no, no until before before for what i'm trying to say like when we when glory knows was played to us this time period that you were asking so mm-hmm. what happened mm-hmm that time period, when we first get that first money, we ask for some more through the months. Got and it. that added up. We had to pay our rent. We thought things would be moving a lot quicker. So we- What is we, that timeline? Is that six months? Is that a year? Is that three months? Can't remember exactly. Okay. A manager we'd know maybe, you know. Okay. But it was, but we had to survive during that time and we thought it would go quick. And, but it was not coming. And maybe that was part of the plan. So yeah, give them more because they'll be indebted. So after a while, it was a certain amount of money, a certain amount of money that we, there was not a lot, but to pay that back, it would take some time. And so you guys don't want to do it. So pay us back. Like, oh, oh, that means we would have to maybe get a job get some more shows, but how do we get that money? Like, you know, because now we owe this person, this very powerful person. And maybe if we don't do uh, what what we're supposed to do, we might never get a chance to get in the industry again. You know, so it was all that that was going on. So, you know, we went to the hotel and thought about it and then... Uh, we went for it. You went for it. Yeah, thinking, but we went for it saying, okay, we're just going to do this song and we're out. We pay you back like that. And from there, you know, we got a taste for for that uh, that life. We had nothing. So certainly, you know, you travel, you're on the road. So, so let's back up. So you go back to the hotel, you decide, okay, let's go for it. Yeah. So then you go for it. How quickly did things move there where the song was built? Did I you guys do music video? What what happened next? No, I think uh, what, what happened is like when, once the song, when we agreed, um, we did like a, a small video at a TV station. And uh, so we had to come up with a choreography and learn the song and all that. And that was on a small station for a certain part of Germany. And I think maybe in their plan, it was a test to see if people would react. And I think that this little thing that we had done, this test, the results came back real good. Real good. Really good. Got it. And uh, from there, I th- like the song started to, to get some action. And then we were cold, and this time we did a, a video. So, so the music video that we see of "Girl, You Know It's True" is that has that already been produced or not yet? 
Not yet. No. Not, yet. Not yet. Not so yet. what was the song that he tested in that one small Girl, you know it's true. It is Girl, you know it's true. Yeah. Okay. And have you met the voices yet? You, no. At all? At all. No. I, I wasn't aware of the construction of this thing. We had no idea how it worked, how it came about, who was behind. So when, you're, when you did the first video that they tested, was that video you lip singing in that video? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you, so you're just performing yeah. at this video. That's it. I got it. So you're doing the dancing, you're doing the performing, the, the instrumental playing in the background. So and and the song uh, uh, is written by the folks who New Marks or whatever they're called. They're not even involved. I don't at even all. know about that. Okay, either it, it, are they involved with Frank or you wouldn't know till today? Uh, Meaning, did Frank buy the rights to the writing of uh, that song? I, th I think that you know, in in the music business, you just you know, you, you just you know, okay, we're using your song. Their rights, That's you know, it. every writer is protected, so you know, they got paid, obviously. So Frank had to pay the writer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I mean, it. through royalties, got it's, it. it's automatic. Sure. Okay, know? got it. It's like it's like he he took a song. It's like a cover. It's a cover, but you know, he took it to the. You don't know level. nothing yet that it's a cover. You know nothing. That's no different. idea. So he, that that song, they come back. The results are good. They're liking it. They bring you back to now do a video together. A real video. A real video. Like serious with like at a at a actually in, in Bav like there's a section of uh, like the film industry in Munich back in the '80s was they were doing uh, some movies that were made in the '80s were made in that uh, Bavaria studio. And uh, there we did this this video, you know, the first one. So part of it was filmed there, and the, another part was filmed in London. But we were part now of a very professional entity. We could see it like becoming, closing in on us. And oh, okay, this is great. We, we were tasting mm. and being seduced by this whole thing because you know, from having nothing to being involved with like professional people and you know living your dream you know when you live your dream and you you're tasting it you know it's not but we can't taste it all the way not yet uh, i mean and i mean not all the way in the sense that we're not singing so you're tasting it mm -hmm. but you know you're chewing mm -hmm. you're chewing but you can't really taste it let if me I can describe it like that let me ask you this so while uh at this point, uh, the first test, not the big video that the, you did, the first test, did you get attention? Like, did people locally say, oh my gosh, look, look no, 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 we, so we nothing did. crazy. No, 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 okay. no, it's there, that was their case study. Got it, small, the, very small case very study. Very small case study. So now they do the big video, the main one, they spent some money into the well, movie, they shot it, it. We had to do it because it was moving. Got it. So when something is moving, well, now we gotta, you know, they gotta go full on and, He's got to capitalize off of it. Of course, yeah. of course. So that's the business. That's the timing. Is there anything in the video that's your voice? So you know the beginning that says, well, I sat back and thought about <laughs> no. the things we used to do. It no. really meant a lot to me. That's no. not, that, so that's also the, the voice of Charles or whoever they were. Yeah, okay. Charles. Yeah. So, so you're simply, you know, acting and performing the entire thing from the beginning to end with the video. So now the video comes out, okay? He launches it. At what point was the tipping point where it just took off? Uh, it took off really fast because suddenly you had Robin Fab and the music and they both did this because he built it like that. You know, face it, 
Without Frank, none, none of that would have been possible. So this plan, this puzzle that he was implementing in order for his puzzle to come to life, first installment was working and it was going up the charts and it was moving fast. Let me, let me ask you this, while it's moving fast, are you and Rob behind closed doors saying, I hope it slows down a little bit because we don't want to get too much attention. We kind of don't mind getting some attention, but we don't want to get a lot of attention from this. Yeah, we, were definitely ha we definitely had that feeling because we were thinking, okay, one record, this is not going to go, you know. You know, we were, when we heard the song the first time, we were like, yeah. But then, you know, when we went to the other room and had to deal with the fact that, okay, we are thinking we're working to get out, not to get deeper in. Mm. You know? So when you guys are speaking, the plan is to leave this thing. You don't want to Yeah, get we don't want to stay there. But, you know, <clears throat> we, we, naive, signed a contract that was, I think, for like three albums or something. But we, we signed, we only, if I recall perfectly, we, it was only a few pages that, were, that we were signing. But on the other side of it, you know, I, I, it was part of a much bigger contract. I got it. You understand? So, I got it. But we didn't get that. And, you know, of course, you know, eventually it came out like, hey, <laughs> where are you going? You know, we thought, where are you going? No, no, no. We got more to do. And then there was that, I could, there was that battle because it felt good, you know? But obviously, it was wrong. But the other side of the coin, you can't get out. Because you got three more to go. Oh, yeah. You got three more albums to go. Not even songs. It's albums. It's albums. Got it. And, you know, you got money. You know? So they, it was well designed. It was well played. And we were naive and didn't know how to. And mm -hmm. no protection, no attorneys, no. Still nothing. No, you don't nothing. have a manager, agent, attorney, nothing yet. Nothing. They were. Okay, so when it took off, it, did he now start paying you some kind of royalty? Are you making a little bit more money now or not yet? Well, the way it was designed is like, you know, you're on the road, you got food. You, you, you dialed nine, I want this, this, and this. And then suddenly, 20 minutes later, boom, your table is full. So, you, you know, you, 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 you know we we're money at that point was not really part of our equation our equation was music making people happy doing what we loved that was you know that's the youth the youth doesn't mm -hmm. think yeah about it's true action consequences you know every decisions you make there are consequences to what you to, to what you take how quickly are you feeling the fame oh you feel it because you can we perform on tv shows and then certainly you can see the the girls are coming. Not that we had any problems with girls at the time, but you could feel like, whoa, we're becoming like pop stars. And it's very seductive. I bet. Because you, you know, you're a young man and uh, part of the young man's life is consumed by simple things. Girls, music, dancing, 
enjoying life, you know, a butterfly, mm-hmm. you know, but we were, we were flying close to a flame. Had no idea. You know, when a butterfly flies, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. full force, no thinking. And once we were caught into this girl knows true storm of energy, you know, because it's, it's pure energy, this thing that you get back from the fans. It's intense. It's addicting. Once you're addicting to that, that vibe, you know, then it's, yeah, it pulls on you, no you know. About so what song came next after that? How quickly did you do the rest? Oh, they had it planned. As a matter of fact, they were, while this was going, they were working on the rest. The teams, like that whole compound was burning rubber. <laughs> they were going at it, you know, and baby, don't forget my number. And then blame it on the rain, girl, I'm gonna miss you. If I recall the orders, because suddenly there was Europe, but then America come into play. And when America is starting to like calling your name, like it changes everything. Because America was, we dreamt about going to America, Los Angeles, New York. First time you ever came to America, when was it? 1989, I believe so. This is after the four hits are out already? No, 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 no. We came for Girl Knows True. Oh, you came, so you shot the video here in London. We shot in London and in Germany, if I recall correctly. Yeah, parts of it in, in Germany, in Munich, and part of it in London. But then, as things were rising high in the charts in Europe, they already had made a plan. Of course, you know, it's a business. Let's not forget, there's the music and there's the business of the music business. So they were making moves. All that, I found out some of it later on, but they were talking to record companies abroad, you know, especially in New York with Arista. Arista so you, Record. So you come to LA, when you came to LA, did you get a lot no, no, of- No, first, no, first we, we went to New York first. Okay, you went to New York? MTV. MTV, so you do that. Did you, t- t- tell me what it was like. Like, was it we, as crazy as it, I can imagine it was? Yeah, it was, yeah, because you know, we, we, I remember we came in the sun was going down and we're on the freeway, we're on the limousine, picked up in the limousine, you know, like, whoa, late 80s, you know, like the long ones. Not a town car, limousine, Cadillac, like in the movies. And now we're in, in, in the United States, so it's like, you know, a world that we saw on the screen was now in front of us. You know, I remember watching the cars drive and in my mind, watching movies, the cars always made noise. You know, like, and I was like, oh, they're not making noise. Because overdubbed, you know? So we were looking at a total different reality mm. through movies. Mm-hmm. And now we were in like New York City, the city that never sleeps. So we drive down, we see the city, and we turn the radio, and we hear Girl Knows True on several stations too. It's like, <laughs> so it, it's like, it's, it was like, a shot <laughs> of adrenaline, like you can't even explain that. It's just like, wow. And then in the airport, you know, people recognize you. Yo! You know, New York style. You know? It was overwhelming. And uh, 
you go down to, to New York, get in a hotel, go to MTV, and you, and you realize everywhere you go, you're like the mayor. Everybody wants to, uh, well, they didn't have phones like that back then, but, you know, sign autographs. So it's autographs over selfies back then. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Makes sense. <laughs> and also, there were only a few news outlets. Wink, wink. So whenever a news would, was dropped into those, those various news outlets, that was it. You couldn't contest none of what was going through there. The powers that be and the gatekeepers were connected to those, to those outlets. So you were like, you know, like mm -hmm. you were... Handcuffed, you were controlled ooh, in a way. Controlled, yeah. So, so New York, LA, you're getting all the fame, all the, you know, vibes, you're, you're, you're getting it going. At what point did you know what Frank did with Boney, uh, Boney M? At what point did you realize that? Did oh. anybody come and tell you that or did you kind of reveal it yourself? I can't remember how that came about, but it was brought to... to, to to our attention. I can't remember how I found out, but I, I did. And it was only one person. Uh, he did the voice of Bobby Farrell. And I thought I was weird. I was like, well, why didn't he, didn't he, you know? And then I, I then it was this whole curtain, you know, there's something that was be, uh, something that was hidden, like, you know, the, the invisible man, you know, the potion, it's gone suddenly, whoop, the true face. Because he was looking a certain way to us, but then another face came up. So what I mean by invisible man, it, it was a man in front of us, but there was another invisible side to him. You mean behind Frank or behind Bobby? Uh, Be behind Frank. Behind Frank. You right. know, and, and when, I, when I found out about the fact that he had done with Bobby Farrell, then it was two person in one. A very, a, a man with a plan, very strategic. You know, nothing was made by accident, premeditated. Did you confront him about it? We had fights, we had fights about it. About Boney, about the, the, uh, his approach? Uh, not his approach, but what, what he was doing to us because we were trying to sing. Did you at all bring it up to him that saying you did this with Boniem, you don't wanna, I don't want you to no, do this No, no, that never came so into So Boniem never was brought up. No, 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 it was never brought up. Like I, we were so focused on, on, on ours. Now, our situation was to, we wanted to sing mm -hmm. on the second single. Mm -hmm. That was like, the, like, yo, this is going, we wanna go. But obviously, and I've spoke about that before, in our minds, we thought we could. Okay, now it's time to sing. Because with the first single, you go in, okay, we'll get out. Oh, no, we're not getting out. No, we got to keep going. But you can't sing now. Like, oh, wow. Like, it was just like we're getting punched by reality. Is he threatening behind closed doors? Like, is he saying things like, if you guys think about leaving me, I'm going to tell everybody that you guys don't know how to sing. No. Or but, you're not singing. No, but we were forewarned. I remember when, I, when, I, when we signed the contract, It was all nice. Again, just like the studio. The song is playing, we go to the next room, we sign the contract, and then he says, don't ever F with me. Like, like, whoa, the Dark Lord came out. Like, what? Dark Vader. Was something said for him to say that or no? No, no, no. It was just, 
it was done like it was out of nowhere and that's when my radar just went like oh that's kind of weird like why would he say that you know i guess now we signed so don't ever try to cross me but he didn't say if you go and try to leave me i'm gonna no 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 no. nothing he hasn't given that threat yet no 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 because we you know he was a pro at what he did you know he let us we felt his power so as we were fighting against each other we had no we realized we had no power Mm. so we didn't know what to do at this point we had no support system to help us make uh, a proper decision. You know, if there would have been an attorney to protect us and a manager to work together and say, listen, Frank, we know you want them. Let's do it. Let's do it properly from the beginning, you know? But we had nobody. We didn't know how the music business worked. Did you did you ask him we're gonna go get our own agent and manager? Did you ever tell that to Frank or no? No, we never got into that as well. Oh, never. Because let me ask you: from the moment of the you know the the girl you know it's true being tested in a small market to the point of it coming out being public that it wasn't your voice. What is the timeline there? Talking two years, maybe two years. Yeah, because you know. Once Gary knows who went, there was the next and the next and the next, and then Europe was catching fire, then America was catching fire. How many records you guys sell at this time? What kind of what kind of numbers? I think the total by now might be more. It's uh, 33, sing- 30, 33 million singles and fourteen million albums in this two years. Yeah, thirty three million singles, singles in two years. 14 million albums. Yeah. Because you get, in America, we did seven and the rest of the world, so. Think about this. And this is at a time, there is no iTunes. There is no 99 cents, buck 29. Nothing. So if you want one song, you can buy the single if you want, but you got to buy the album if you want three, four. Yeah, that's right. And albums were not running nine bucks or eight bucks. You're paying 15 bucks. So they made, you know, they, they made well for themselves. As a matter of fact, you know, Clive Davis was able to, with that, to create some other entities. Mm. You know, he's a businessman, of course. You make money, you grow, you're going to create more to create more money. So, at this two, during this two-year period, 33 million singles, 40 million albums, which is crazy. Are you making millions at this point? Are you guys making tens of millions of dollars? No. Or not yet? No, no, because it, it was designed from the start. That contract was not vetted by anyone, so we just signed something that was just like, you know, the lion's share was taken by the man, and we just got like the scraps, and that was also shared with the people who sing on the record. Are you making a few hundred thousand dollars per year? Are you making a million dollars per year? No. Are no, you living we, in a nice house? Do you have a nice car? Are you I traveling drive. private? Do you have a private jet? Like, <laughs> no, we didn't do private jets back then. No. At all? No. So you're not yet living in a big house? No, because we're always on the road. So you're staying at hotels the entire time? Yeah. They made us work, man. How, we, we, how? Did, we did 107 cities in eight months. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> you know, so, you know, so like I said, moly. you know, they, they were... 
they were pulling the strings, you know, and How we, fast did two years go by? It felt, those two years felt like five years, really. Because it was just... What do you mean two years felt like five years? It, it was so, so much was crammed that when I look back, I'm Got like, it. that's two years. When people say, you know, you were here from there to there. And I'm like, really? Like, it was just like... Surreal. Surreal. And every... Uh, anecdotes, stories, experiences, like encounters of people. And like, I'm like, wow, that was two years of my life. How much are you partying? Like, meaning, are you with a different girl every day, every <laughs> night? Is it, you know, is it that like, are you partying hardcore where there's five girls at the hotel waiting for you? And I mean, first of all, when you look at the pictures, I got to tell you, you know, two extremely handsome, good-looking guys, okay? You got Rob, who looks, uh, you know, with his eyes and the color, and then you got you, you got the whole, you know, jaw-perfect structure going on. How crazy was the... It was cr it was crazy, you know? I mean, you know, there are people that, they're probably families and people watching, so I can't go really in detail, but it was rock and roll at its best, Not at its stop. finest. Give us a glimpse of it. So don't go NC-17, but go rated okay, R. Okay, rated R. Okay, you get back, you, you, you get off stage. Backstage, we made sure that the room was filled. When the room is filled, we take it back to base. We call back to base. Because we were organized, army-like when it came to partying. When you say back to base, you're saying Back what? to base. Back to hotel. Oh, back to hotel. That's Got the it. base. But the base has different levels and areas. So you bring back everybody to one spot. And then, because you know, the place where people are gonna end up is not, it's not that big. So you now you have to uh, screen. You have to screen who can. Oh, screen. Yeah, screening. So there's a filtering process. Filtering process. And then they go to another room. Yeah. So it's well organized until, until you know, the goal of that was right. to, you know, you want to get the best. Because at, at that time, for us, you know, you, you're flying high, you know. Um, life is extremely intense. And it's about, because the stage... You know, the, the, the adrenaline that you get is so intense. You want to keep this feeling going. So the show must go on. And this lasted every day for pretty much two years. It was crazy. Yeah, it was intense. That's intense, right? It was there. intense, intense. Yeah. I mean, and in the process, you know, you, you know, you, you know, like I said, rock and roll comes with certain elements, a dark element. And uh, when you start to play around with those elements, hence butterflies, the flame, you know, you will open some wormholes and you might not come back from those. Are you talking about the coke and drugs and all of it? All that that comes with it, of course. All of it. Yeah, because you don't know what you're playing with at this point. And it's every day. Yeah, yeah. Even though but the thing is, we were so strong physically. Sometimes I wonder how we were able to like you know, show, party, party show. And we used to also 
exercise. How many you know? hours of sleep you're getting at this time when you're pe- when you're at your peak, mm-hmm. the 107 in eight months? Um, six. Oh, you are getting your rest. You're yeah, sleeping. we had to. Yeah, okay, yeah, we yeah, had okay. to. Okay, you're yeah, still yeah, getting yeah, your. Yeah. That's because sometimes when you're on an upper, it's kind of tough to. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, but we we had to because we, you know, you, you partied up, then people have to leave. You gotta leave. So when you go to the next city, you got your own bus. Got it. You got you got your own bank. You know, so you. That's the rest in time. That's where you recover. So this thing's taken off. It's going good. Two years, momentum, rock and roll, the whole nine. What was the moment? I mean, you win one award, then you go to Grammys, you win the Grammy Award. When you win the Grammys and you have that in your hand, you're giving your speech, you're walking off, what are you guys telling each other? Like when they're announcing, are you saying, please don't announce us as winners? Were you saying that? That was my feeling. (laughs) That's exactly exactly what I was feeling. Because I was, and you know, I mean, you, you know the awards, you know how it works. You know, the, the recipients is moved up. So they, they, they come get you. Now you're sitting in the front like, yo, that's like, you know, you get like a little uncomfortable because, you know, you know what's coming. And it's like, you know, this thing that's like about to blow up because we, in the event that this thing happens, you're going to get a lot of attention, unwanted attention to us that we really don't want to to have. And uh, I remember Rob did an interview and that created more attention. It was taken out of context. Is that the Time Magazine one? Or yeah. Where he says we're, where the writer said yeah. we're more impactful than Paul McCartney. And yeah, his name. which yeah. was crazy. But that brought more oil to the fire. Is this pre-Grammy or is this pre, 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 this yeah, pre-Grammy? Yeah, it's pre, I believe so, yeah, yeah, if I'm not wrong, if I'm not wrong, because, you know, it's a lot to remember. And um, it happens. I remember going up those stairs, I was like, whoa. Like, I remember, like, they call it, I, I, like, my hand just went into, if I was a superhero, like, I would have broke that chair. I was like, hands hook, right? I would have transformed into that dude right there because it was like, no way. No way, meaning please don't call don't. us. I can't believe this is happening. No. Because it was like, you know, you have, we, we've received the American Music Awards. That was already one thing. But now you're dealing with the Grammys. The Grammys. Naris. The whole tradition of... And I don't think there's not a story like ours. Grammy recipients. No, never. No. You're the only one. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's a perfect story for a movie, by the way. This is. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know they're working on some kind of a biopic, or I don't know what There's stuff is. going on, man. Yeah. You know, like, so, but it's show business, so, you know, it has to be right. The teams that uh, that I'll be working with, with my manager. Oh, this would be yes. a phenomenal story. It would be this awesome. This would be a phenomenal story. So you go up, you get it, you walk off, and then. What are you and Rob telling each other when the cameras are off and you guys are just by yourselves? You know, when you know someone very well, like a family member, you don't need to say nothing. It's just you can feel each other. It's, it's the way you look at each other. And um, enough said. I get it. You know? I get it. I was like, I didn't know what to say. You know, As a matter of fact, I say very, li- very little. But the little bit that was told that night by Rob 
you know, when he took the award and said that, listen, this is for any artist out there who's putting the work. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, we were criticized, but we put in the work. You know, we went to work every night, gave our best. And anybody that came to see us, we killed it. That's one thing for sure. We gave our best to the fans. We love the fans. And this is what we wanted to do, you know? We wanted to live this, this dream. It was not the perfect dream. Far from. Partly, partly, unfortunately, you know? And uh, this Grammy, receiving this Grammy was... Whew, do you guys party that night with any celebrities? Were you, because you know, Grammys, there's a lot of after parties. Were you with some names that are saying, hey, I can't congratulations, I th- fam? I think that we went, I think we went back to the Red Company party. But after that, I think it's a blur. It's a blur because it was, you blur know. because of drugs and alcohol? Yeah, yeah. Okay, you know, we were yeah. trying to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, we're trying to, to, uh, to like medicate ourselves. To, to be numb and not feel it at all. Yeah, because that's what we've been I doing. Yeah. Because, you know, like we, there was, a, like I said, there was a lot going on, you know. We were being pulled upon and having to, to keep going when, in fact, we didn't want to keep going. Let me, let me ask you, did, did, did uh, anybody from Bonium ever reach out to you guys? Did you ever talk to Bobby? Did you ever talk to no. any of those guys? Because I know they eventually ended up dropping Bobby. Bobby was one of the ones that couldn't handle it. Right. Because apparently when he came out, it was tough on them, you know, yeah. with, uh, for Bobby. So they never reached out to you because they work with Frank to say, hey, just kind of be careful. They kind of minded their own business. Yeah, everybody minded their own business, okay. and, and we, were, we were kept at bay from everyone. Shielded from each other. So totally. Could, so, so I want to play video for you, and I want to get your reaction. Oh, boy. Because this is, this, <laughs> is, uh, this is when things start getting moving pretty quickly. I just want to get your reaction to see when you watch this now, what is your reaction? Okay, Paul, I think you put it up here. Yes. All right, let me play this for you. Hang on. And the best oh. actress is... Young MC. Millie Christopher. Vanilli. Do you remember this like it was yesterday? Yeah. But I... No, you had to, to go with it. We had no choice. All right, all right. It's stop, girl, you know it's girl, you know it's girl. 80,000 people, girl, you know it's girl, you know. You know, I couldn't repeat it 15 times. Girl, you, you got a wrist. Uh, so I stopped, I panicked, I went upstairs. Grant Howell and some names are the real singers, and I think they should get, they should get this grant. We knew we were lost in the moment that we got the Grammy in the hand. We knew that gonna be... Uh, it was so, done. And we regretted it. We tell our fans, we regretted it 200,000 times. What do you think about when you see that, uh, the video? Obviously, I'm sure you've seen this before, but the video where the girl you know it's, girl you know it's, was that the downfall after that or not yet? Not at all. Really? Not at all. It was just uh, when we did the music, the behind the music, it was like... Um, it was made to be that, but it wasn't that at all because we went on to get a Grammy after that. That was the MTV tour, you see? So when I look at the, the footage, 
receiving, you know, there's a lot that went on. And of course, I can't give you everything, <laughs> you know, but I can tell you a lot went in that night at the Grammys. And um, give us were, one thing that maybe, uh, not everything, but give us a glimpse. Give us one thing that maybe has not been revealed about that moment and how oh. quickly it went. Not all of it. We just, we're not greedy. Just give us one of them. No, the, the, the one thing is like, I mean, we knew we were performing. You know, that, you know, and usually that, those were the hints, you know, like sitting in the front because we, we, we changed clothes. We were dr clothes uh, dressed differently that night. And then they put you in the front and then there were shots that were, if you look at the Grammys, they always get the shots. They're like, okay, okay, they're the focal point, best new artist. Okay, okay, okay. All right. Performing. Okay, obviously we, we're not singing live. You know, I saw, you, know, you, you gotta take in consideration that millions of people are watching the Grammys every year. And I think you expect any nominee to perform live. You know, so that whole thing that was going on, and we didn't know, we didn't know it was coming. We didn't know. We knew, we didn't know, it was, it was unsure. Just like a rubber band, you know, like it pulls, it pulls, but you, you don't know until it breaks. And the breaking point is like, and the winner is. Because it could have gone differently, you know, because, I mean, we knew that the industry knew. So they didn't know. So now I'm gonna have you read between the lines. <clears throat> <laughs> it's an industry it's a business it's ran by very powerful people by gatekeepers money is the fuel to the engine of course so people may do the math when you do the math you realize hmm all right you know, we were like out of this, out of the links with the smallest link. The smallest. There were very powerful people that were pull, pulling strings. And for us to have gone this far without being, hmm, we were noticed, but unnoticed about these very specific major details. You gotta ask yourself some questions. Bigger names than Frank. Oh yeah, man! Come on, like you know, I mean, you know, and 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 more and more, you know, you can see that some of those those awards, you know, is it really ran properly? Like, you know, how are those decisions taken? Who's in control? That's that's. I'm just putting it out there. Let me let me ask. I'm not you pointing the finger. I'm just saying, do the math. Let let's let's be you know, and you have enough. We, we've been we've been exposed to 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 those, and sometimes you wonder like, oh really? I mean, you know, nowadays auto tunes, people can manipulate their voices. Oh, that's that's time, a so. whole other kind of worm. Well, what I'm right saying, now. what I'm saying to you is the following: at that time, what happened with you and Rob with what Frank did, using Charles and the other guys that were you know the the, the real singer. 
and and John uh, Davis. Uh, yeah, well. uh, that's right. It was it was actually the three names, right? It's yeah. uh, Charles Angela Davis and uh, no, uh, 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 John Davis, John uh, Davis Red Owl, yeah. and yeah, and then with uh, 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 Boney M with Daddy Cool and all those guys with Bobby. Were there other names like that in the past as well? Was that was that a way of doing? Was that very normal back then? Well, when they I, brought because it's tough to do that. You know the whole story with Martha Walsh. You know Martha Walsh. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Where she's uh, singing. It's raining uh, man. It's raining man and rain. Yeah. It blows up. Does very well. And then they use her. Everybody dance now. CNC Music Factory that became a big hit. But it, the rest wasn't her. But that one part wasn't. She's like, wait a minute. This is my voice. Calls her manager right. and kind of get in front of it. And look, I own a part of this. Why are you not using my? It's it's you can't teach a look. You know what I'm saying? You can't make somebody look like you and Rob. No. So you need somebody to be the face. I'm asking if that was a business model back in the days pre social media days where it, you it, guys weren't the only ones. No, it was. It was a business model. It was model. a current practice. Current today or then? No. Uh well we'll get to that, but ye- yes years um a lot of because you know because of the world is different now. You know, Europeans can't speak English now very well. Mm-hmm. Back then, it was none of that, mm-hmm. right? So they used, uh, for example, France. There were a lot of very, very famous records turned out to be like lip-synced, sang by somebody else. Who? Which, uh, Any, I'm not going to say anything. Well, what I know, the lip-sync, <laughs> the difference, there's two, two parts of lip-sync. One is... I just don't feel like I can perform well. And I'm doing the inauguration. My name is Beyonce. Look, I didn't do it. That was lip sync. No, no, no. But back then it was just a a business model because there were professional producers who were working with English team or American teams. And they were like, okay, you know, if you want to be international, it's got to be perfect. It's got to be like an English accent, American accent. So throughout Europe, there were teams that were working with, okay, they're French citizen or they're in Germany, they would find the people who can mm. do the dance and represent. Mm-hmm. And then there was another team behind who would do it. So it was a common practice. So so let me ask you this without asking you specific. Like, but I, mean, I didn't know about that at all. It's years later. What, okay. It comes out right. more and more every year. So so let me ask you. So uh, obviously Bobby, uh, is it Farrell, uh, Farrell, Bobby uh, from Boney M, yeah. the way he performs, you can't teach a guy to perform that way no, he dance, yeah. the way he comes in, the way he looks, he just looks like His a player, vibe, you know, yeah. he's got the, he like, you need a guy like that to be a face, right? You can't teach that to a shy guy saying, go move like him, you can't teach somebody to move like Rob or have the background that you have, the looks that you guys have to get up there. But going back, you know the names. Of some people that have done this, right? You know some other names. That's yeah. not just Boney M or you or no, Martha no, no. Walsh. Are these big names that you know of that if if you were to share the names, we would say you've got to be kidding me? Oh, but some of it came out. I just don't want to. No, I know that. Is there some that we don't know about that is the industry knows about, or no? The ones that have come out, they've come out. People know about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, no, everybody, so most of it is public. Yeah. Okay. By, by now, most of it came came public. Even I grew up with some of those tribes, like. Really, I was like, but it, it came out like some of them came out like three years ago. I was like, wow! So it was a common practice. It was because you know those those teams that were working in France. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you had you know professional teams working, making music, and they wanted to compete because London, America was not the focus. England was the focus. 
first step at that time that's right so they had in order to to land on an english chart mm. no way the french language would make it no way so it had to be in english so these people like frank knew this so yeah that was the point if, if you wanted to go international what do you think about that like let me ask you you're not fab okay you're john doe okay but you know every detail that you guys went through you know all the details that you and Rob, even some of the stuff you've never disclosed publicly. Right. Right? I'm talking all of it behind closed doors. Do you think what was done there should be accepted as art, or do you think it wasn't right what you guys did? Remember, John Doe looking in, he has access to all the information that you have. Do you think what you guys did was right? It's a part of art, or no, it wasn't art? Huh, it's a tough question. How can I read? The thing is, everything. Uh, you know what I'm asking. Yeah, I know what okay. you're asking. Mm, it's it's tough because you know those. If I look at Robin Fab, they were manipulated into into doing this. You know, so me looking at it from the outside, is it art? Looking back, it's a tough question. Tough for me to. Re- was it wrong? Well, we can look at it like that, you know. When premeditated, it, it is wrong. Those two kids were trapped in doing this. So looking at it from the, you know, from, from a distance, is it art? It, yeah, it's, it's a form of art. It's twisted, though. You know, but let's not forget that they were they were human beings at the center of it all. And they were used and abused. And when the time came, thrown to the wolves. Me and you and Rob. Yeah, like nothing. And it cost Rob's life at 32 years old. So exactly. He was suicidal multiple times, went to rehab 10 plus times. True. Yeah. So and you went to rehab as well, but you recovered from I it. I recovered yeah. from it. But, uh, you know, to, to go back to your, to, to your answer, when I look at it with all the, the information that I have, and you ask me whether or not it, it's a form of art. I don't know, it's tough, it's a form of art. Maybe to Frank, for, to him, maybe it's, it's a sport. You know, it's like, to him, it's art. I can see that. You understand? Yeah, to him, course. it's like, listen, I'm gonna make that happen. He didn't know it was gonna be that big. You see? He didn't know he was gonna be that big? No. Nah. Why wouldn't he know though? But, that, but Bone Yem and those guys got big, 100 plus? No, no, no. No, he didn't know because we, I remember we, if I recall my memory bank, it, it wasn't, no one knew. Only after, after, after a certain single, after maybe a second single, then it became possibly apparent. But from the get-go, it wasn't apparent. You know, you know how I see. So it. for him, like I said, yeah, maybe for him, it's it's maybe a a form of art to him, but it's it's it's. Is it to you? Mm. Can't answer it, can you? It I can't. You. I can't because it's it's. You know, I was a center. I I I know those guys. I was that guy. You know, and 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 the pain the 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 effect the consequences to that so can we call it art if you're gonna if if the people at the center of this painting 
if he's going to take the life of one in order to achieve this painting in the name of art you you know you know how i process this let, let me uh, uh, share with you how i process this because you know like vanilla ice got the uh, vanilla ice has been on our channel before okay right? and we interviewed him and what was his challenge his challenge wasn't that you know he was lip sync or his challenge his challenge was that's the old from uh, uh, Queen, right? That's right. Uh, what's the name of the song? Yeah. Uh, Under Pressure or something like that, right? Yeah, and one of my favorite. He says, no, mine is... So he says that last thing we didn't have. Okay, so he got heat for that. He went up, came down. It lasted yeah. 21 days for him, by the way. Okay. For you, it lasted two years. For him, it lasted 21 days. Boom. Wow. So I sit there and I 21 say, days. 21 days, right? I mean... Who doesn't remember this? Play that funky music, white boy, you know, uh, vanilla, ice, ice, yo, I stop. You know, everybody remembers that song. Everybody. Until today you listen to it. You're like, listen, it's a pretty cool song. I don't know why uh, that stopped his momentum. Into It was still art. He was still practicing art. Now, you, what you guys did is not vanilla ice, because let's set that part aside, what he did. Yeah. To me, with you, I don't, you didn't steal anyone's, Charles knew what he was doing, and Charles, I'm assuming, got paid. Yeah. Yes? Okay, you knew you weren't singing, and you got paid. Frank knew what was going on, and he got paid. You guys didn't commit a crime. You were actors. So, so, so I'm trying to see. I mean, I, I understand because I don't know what Charles looks like. The only reason I know what Charles looks like is because I was studying you, so I went and looked up right. the video. I'm like, oh, that's what he right. looks like. Cool. That's right. And Frank didn't see them as being face. Of a, um, you know, no one's going to, because he says something like, you guys can't sing, but those guys cannot be on the cover. You, he, Frank seems like he was pretty cold the way he said it. He was pretty cold yeah. because the thing is like he never tested it. He never tested you guys to sing like you're saying and Rob was saying. Exactly. But, but to go back to it, that's what I'm asking. You know how they say this actor's a triple threat? You know what a triple threat yeah, is? Yeah, of course. Somebody yeah. that can sing, dance, Just like old act. Hollywood. Okay, somebody mm -hmm. that can sing, dance, and act. Yeah. If you look at yours, you guys would be a double. On these four songs. Now, obviously, right. later on, you said we're taking singing lessons, and even you performed the song. I saw the video of you performing. You got a voice. It's not like you, you, you got a great voice. I you watched. saw me on Arsenio Hall? I saw you on Arsenio Hall. Oh, okay. Yeah, I saw that as well. I, saw, I even saw when Arsenio Hall at the end told uh, the audience, says, Rob was pissed off. He said, I want to kick your ass if you don't let me play because Rob was trying to get him to perform. <laughs> I thought it was fun. But you actually can sing. Yeah. It's not like you cannot sing. So, But I look at this, and I still look at it as a form of art. Because you know how to perform, and you know how to act. In those four songs, it's not your voice. Right. So you're not the singer. Right. So maybe you were a double threat. You were not a triple threat. Right. It's interesting to, to look at it like that. I'm giving really you fun. from John Doe's perspective. Yeah, John Doe's perspective. Fan, yeah. That's why I ask you to see what you would say. Then I'm yeah. giving you my perspective yeah. to see uh, how it's viewed. Because, listen, my kids, this week. So once we knew, you know, we're, we got into calendar, you coming to town. I played a song for my son, Dylan and Senna, Dylan and uh, Patrick. And they said, can you play it again? Yeah, I play it again. Can you play it again? So once we get on a song, we want to play. So I play like 50 times. Right. He's good. Morning, 6.30, they wake up. And I see my six-year-old son. Girl, you know it's true. Ooh, ooh. What are you doing singing? Girl? He's singing, girl, you know it's true. <laughs> Dylan is singing, girl, you know it's true. That's cute. And then Jennifer is telling me, she's like, Babe, you know Dylan was singing Millie Vanilli today. Girl, you know it's true. I'm like, what's well, a great song? 
You know? Six years old. Six years old. That's awesome, man. He's singing cross generation. And I tell you, he's also a guy that girls love him because he's got the look. He's he's always been a charmer with women. So he's going to probably play a lot of songs like that for, <laughs> for women. Uh, looking back, um, my biggest question for you is the following. We've got a few min- min- more minutes here. My last question for you is, you know, all of us have humiliating moments. Everybody, yeah. right? Um, oh, my gosh. I went up to the girl I like. Hey, I want to take you out. I would never date a guy like you. Oh, my gosh. It stays with you. She rejected Forever. Me. Forever, right? Yeah. Uh, you go and you you know, tell this guy off. You know, the hell with you. You push him. He punches you, knocks you out in front of 100 people in school. Everyone knows you as the guy that got knocked right. out by Billy, right? Humiliating forever. You're supposed to win the championship in high school. You lose it in front of your dad. He made the first game. For the rest of your life, you remember. Yeah. I lost the game. I should have won. My dad and my grandpa were understand. Everybody has humiliating moments, right? Moments, yeah. Most people don't know how to recover from it. Right. It's not easy, okay? And no matter how many humiliating moments we've had that we put it together, I don't think it comes close to the public scrutiny you guys got. So, so the part I want to ask you is the following. Here's the part I want to ask you. I don't know what it's like to go to the point where you have a, you know, a whole strategy where the girls come meet at the base, then after the base somebody is filtering them and saying, "Hey, right. you know, Rob likes butts, or you know, uh, uh, you know, Fav likes tall girls. He's legs. He likes to bring them out. He likes a nice face. He likes okay, then go into the room. Okay, I don't know what it's like to party the way you guys. Are. I don't know what it is to go everywhere and people say, "Oh my gosh, look at the voice. It's so great." I don't know what it is to be in the limo. Girl, you know it's true. Next station. Girl, you know it's true. Next station. No, not many people know what it feels like to be no. that person. Okay. Then comes the fall. Rob couldn't handle it. It was tough on him, right? And a lot of it is deeper for Rob. Rob is not here. It's not fair to me for me to ask the question for you to guess because right. you know his dad was an Air Force. Mom was a very attractive woman. They meet. Then they give him to adoption. Somebody else takes him. Family. That German family wants this comes out. That even family wanted to kind of distance himself a little bit from Rob. So Rob kind of feels isolated, alone. The only person he has in his life is who? You. Nobody else. Like a brother to him. Younger brother. So he ends up, whatever the autopsy is, you know, some say suicide, some say drugs, all this stuff. But, you know, the one person he had, it, he had in his life who actually, uh, who, who was his sister. She was also adopted. Blood. No, adopted as well. Adopted. Yeah. So he, she was still there with him. She, 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 was, she, she was a big part of his life. Is she still around today? She's still around today. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So she was, she was supportive of helping him get out of it. Yeah, she was the anchor, uh, uh, anchor for a long time. That's him. good you're giving her credit. I'm sure she's going to see this. But you you were able to distance yourself from it. And I saw one part where you said, I didn't leave the house. I'd go shopping late at night because I didn't just want to go you know, shopping when everybody was. So you kind of stayed in your place for a couple right. years. What was your method of recovery after all this madness to get yourself to be where you are today, where you're smiling, you're happy? Yeah. You seem very fulfilled. You're performing. You're practicing your music. You're DJing. You're out there working on projects. You got stuff going on in France. You got stuff that's going on. You're looking forward to the future. Yeah. How do you go from that fall to being where you are today? Well, I would say that uh, the one ingredient to, to this is music. And uh, music, like I told you when I was a kid, it was my lifeline. You know, and through the years, I've grown closer and closer to music. And 
when it was when everything when the chips fell i said you know i don't want to live my life without music i don't see it so got to go back to the drawing board that's number one learn how to write a song so number one is passion passion is go back to your passion go back to your passion and and work on your skills Work on those skills day in, day out, songwriting, playing guitar, understanding production, go full on. And that's where I lived a very lonely life, but I had no problem. I'm, I'm a loner. So, but I knew that time was, was of the essence. And the amount of time that I had to invest in myself, I hoped my instinct, the voices were saying, it could it could maybe work we don't know so I worked on faith you know faith just pushing myself but seeing progress when you see progress just like a, you know basketball player you mm -hmm. know like you know you, you work for a year you make a plan okay your three throw is good now you get the three pointer you know what to angle you know you know what part of the court to use that's your best spot footwork is on mm -hmm. And that's what I've been doing through the years, working on, on all that, working on my skills, whether it's performing, songwriting, producing, and now producing some of my music. Preparing. How does the industry look at you now when you see them? Have they completely forgotten about it and they don't bring it up and it's just kind of like doing business with the new fam? Yeah, there, okay. there are people that are totally excited about joining forces with me awesome. because the thing is being underestimated is one of the best places to be. I agree. I love it. I totally agree. I strive on that because meeting the hype, very few can meet up the hype. So now, when the expectations are so low and you surpass them, then I could play, that you could play it into your favor in a major way and you can build up on that. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly you can really create something very solid because after all those years, you know, I've learned a few things. And a few things are, you know, there's music, And there's music business, and the business of music. And music is not the only, th the only thing that I'm after. I've been developing a few things through my journey. You excited so, about life? I'm excited about life. What are you looking forward to? I'm looking forward to become who I'm supposed to be. And creativity being my sword will allow me to do that. My creativity, my discipline, those two. For anyone out there, you know, creativity in anything you do, even for you in your business. One of the reasons why you became so successful is because of your, your creativity, your drive and focus. So when you have those few factors into play and you play with them and you keep them close, you know, and you keep on challenging yourself daily, well, action equal reaction there's going to be results and out of that you take it you take that ball further into you know making that those you know those three throw or whether they may be so getting closer to where you want to be do you feel like you've already experienced redemption or not yet i think i have you think you have yeah yeah, yeah. so if yeah. nothing else happens for the rest of your life Everything else that you plan on it blowing like going big, nothing goes big. You feel like you've already redeemed yourself from what's to where you are today. Yeah. How do you measure that? 
I measure that by the love I receive from people. You know, we live in a different world now. We live in a, there's no middleman between the fans and me. Mm -hmm. And if anyone goes and peeks at what people are talking about, when my name is brought up, because my goal was to make sure that Milvanilli, the word, the words Milvanilli meant when you fall, you stand back up. I think that's a very- As an adjective. I think that's a beautiful thing. When you think about Milvanilli, when you fall, uh, you come, by the way, just to, uh, out of curiosity, do you listen to those songs yourself? Like, do you enjoy listening to them? I perform them all the time. Do you listen to it outside of you performer? Do you listen to the songs? Mm, I know you perform them all the time. I yeah, see all. But, but I, you know, the thing is, when you when you are a musician, uh, like a songwriter like me, uh, there's many ways of listening. You know, and sometimes I'm surprised. Like, girl, I'm gonna miss you is one is one of them that that I listen to because the fact that it, it's it's a mood. It's a classic song, you know, it's got that hip-hop kind of, the groove, it's got that hip-hop feel, classic, you know, I Need Love, L.I. Cool J, mm -hmm. flavor. Mm -hmm. And you got those gospel chords that, the, that are placed on top of it. Again, puzzle, the foundation. And it almost has this religious feel to it that grabs you, you know, especially women gravitate towards that one. And I see it day in, day out when I'm on stage, Years and years later, it just grabs him. Like, emotionally, you know, it just grabs you. And, girl, you know, I want to miss you. That one. Yeah, girl, Is that your favorite one out of all of them? It's one of my favorite, I would say. And actually, one of the most successful ones. John Davis uh, was on that. Yeah, Girl, I want to miss you is, is, is powerful. Is a, legit. Is a, Solid. Know. Yeah, oh my gosh. No, I mean, Man. listen. And those the three. The one... Uh, uh, Baby, give me your number. Baby, don't forget my number. Don't forget my number. To me, that's uh, top three to me is, you know, those, those, the Blame It on the Rain is probably going to be third. Blame it on the Rain. You know, it's probably going to be Girl, I'm going to Miss You. And, uh, you but know. in Europe and in America, it's different. <laughs> it's a different story, yeah. You know? When I was in Europe, I mean, these songs were played on everything that we were doing. Everything. When I was in Germany, everything was Mille Vanilli. Everything was about. Yeah. Everything. David Hasselhoff was big at that time because he had some hits, but <laughs> Millie Vanilli was like everywhere at that time. Well, you know, uh, uh, I appreciate you for coming out. It was a pleasure. And I got a lot of respect for you, man. Thank Truly, you, I got man. a lot of respect for you. It was great you. talk because the conversation was different. Yeah. I, you, you do things differently, you know, and, and I like that. And it's always fun to be challenged to be, because, you know, any conversation like, like this one, like I said, action equal reaction. So I leave, just like the people that are going to watch it, who are watching it, will get something out of that. But out of this conversation also get something out of you as well. So it's... it's uh, yeah, it's, but it's, I don't think there are many people like you in the world that has the story that you have. I think you have a one-of-a-kind story. It's a one-of-a-kind story, yeah. yeah your yeah, story yeah. is not yeah, a normal yeah. story. And I think that you know, things happen for a reason, and I stand for the dream. And if everything that happened to me is to bring me back and show people, listen, anything is possible. If I fell and the conditions were harsh, I went through the storm, I went through hell, I came back stronger. It's possible to come back out stronger, but make sure that you face your fears and demons. It's very important.
Now that people bring it up, is it just water off your back? Like you, it doesn't do anything to you when people bring it up. It doesn't no. hurt you an ounce. I'm fine with it. When they go after Rob, then I get a little, it's a little, because you know, he's, like you said, I like the way you said it. You said, Rob is not here to defend himself. He can't really answer his questions. And it's true. And sometimes when they go after him, I'm like, ah, it just, you know, the, the scars kind of like, <laughs> you know, that you think sometimes are healed. Then they're fresh suddenly, you know. Wow. You know. That, that, that tells us how close the two of you guys were together. Oh, we were close. That like, tells yeah, us. Yeah. And the fact that he left so abruptly, but I knew that this day possibly could happen because of what he was doing, you know. He lost his foothold to, to life, mm. you know. And, uh, but he was dealing with other things that I was dealing with. You know, my, my stronghold, my hanker was music, that was the goal, and I was lucky to, to, to meet Kim Marlowe, my manager, who helped me to go up my mountain, you know, at total speed, but the total never fails. Progress is the key, I, I love the That's way right. you put it. Number one, go back to your passion. Number two, improve in a skill that has to do with your passion. Yes. Number three, bank on your faith, have faith that things are gonna get better, and number four, keep making progress. No matter what speed no you matter, No matter. You do that. It's never too late. It's never too late. Eventually never. it's going to work itself out. Brother, thank you for coming out, man. Thank Bam. you for coming out Bam. and being a guest, man. I really enjoyed it. Really, thank really you. enjoyed it. Was it. A Appreciate you for coming out. Thank you. And you're, you're, you're awesome. Thank you. Because you know, the one thing is when you do interviews with people, some people wave, like, you know, when I talk about body language, you're here, you're right there. You're in the moment, because in the moment, that's where things happen. So when you're aware and you're awake, the sleeper in you is gonna wake up and things are gonna change. I agree, my man, thank you. Thanks everybody for listening, and by the way, if you haven't already subscribed to Valuetainment on iTunes, please do so. Give us a five star, write a review if you haven't already, and if you have any questions for me that you may have, you can always find me on Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube. Just search my name, Patrick Bidavid, and I actually do respond back when you snap me or send me a message on Instagram. With that being said, have a great day today. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.